Wow. What crazy times we're living in. Right? Everywhere we look, we can find confusion and, and chaos. I mean, we see all kind of hatred over here and all kind of fear over here. We, uh, right when you think things can't get any crazier, what happens? Something else crazy happens. Um, it's like we're living in this just, um, it's not even like it's reality. Everywhere you look, it's just craziness, craziness. I think we're living in unique times. I really do. I, I think we're living in times that, 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 that's like never before. But when you study the life of Christ, you realize that the ministry and the life of Christ was really lived out in, in, in chaos as well. Let me, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. If you go to Mark chapter 4, in the end of chapter 4, I'm just going to, I'll walk you through it. I'll tell you, we'll, we'll turn um, and read something together. But let's, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Jesus ministered and living in, in chaos. <clears throat> starts off, the in, or the end of, of Mark 4, kind of the story I'm going to tell you, starts off with the disciples and Jesus had got into a boat. And Jesus was tired. Jesus goes up in the front of the boat and he takes a nap. Well, you've probably heard the story, a storm comes up. And the storm was bad. It was so bad, the disciples literally thought they were going to die. So what did they do? They go back and they grab Jesus. And they're like, Jesus, do you don't even care we're going to die? Get up, get up. And Jesus got up. He said, be still. And the storm stopped. And then he looked at the disciples and he said, why do you fear? Where's your faith? The Bible talks about how they, their boat pressed on. They got to their location. When they stepped out of the location where they were headed, a man comes up to them. He wasn't just any man. He was crazy man. Like so crazy, the, 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 the city had pushed him out of the city, and they had tried to lock him down. They tried to chain him down, but he was so strong he would break his chains. He lived in the tombs. He lived out in the cemetery. He would cut himself. He would scream. He would yell. He was absolutely crazy. Crazy man. He was so crazy because he was possessed by demons. Not a demon, but many, many demons. Jesus comes. He goes to Jesus. And Jesus says, I'll take care of this. He takes those demons and he throws them into a herd of pigs. A bunch of pigs. 2,000 of them. And the pigs take off and run over the cliff. Let's say those are your 2,000 pigs. What are you thinking right now? Praise Jesus, right? No. Hog farmers going to town. You got a, the guy just killed all our hogs. You got to come and see this. The whole town comes out, sees that the hogs have been destroyed, sees what happened. And instead of celebrating, Crazy Johnny got life back. You know what they did? It says the whole city begged, pleaded with Jesus to leave. Please just get out of here. Just leave. So guess what they did? Jesus and his disciples got back in the boat. Scripture tells us they got in the boat and they pressed on. They ended up at the next place they were going. Scripture says they got out of the boat. And not long after they walked up on the shore, a man, he was actually like a, a leader in the synagogue. He was, you know, not really like we know preachers today, but basically he was over the, 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 the place where people would go to worship. Jairus was his name. Jairus comes to Jesus as soon as he, he gets on up the shore and Jairus falls face down on the ground and says, please, Jesus, come save my daughter. She's about to die. 
Literally, his daughter was about to die, and he says, please come save my daughter. Think about that for a second. He just had a whole city beg him to leave. And now we've got a man who's falling down on his face at Jesus saying, please come save my daughter. Jesus said, okay, we'll do it. And so he goes with Jairus. Now, Jesus was constantly being surrounded by crowds. I, 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 I said this earlier. I don't think Jesus was a circus, but I picture it like that. He would go into an area and people would hear about the show in town. He's going to heal people. He may heal me. He may help me. Or he's going to do this. He's going to do that. Let's go see. And that's where you get stories like he fed 5,000. We know the, the scholars believe that was around 10,000 people. It says he, 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 he saw this crowd. He saw that crowd. This is one of those town, times that the whole community came around Jesus. So he's following uh, Jairus to Jairus' house to, to heal Jairus' daughter. It says Scripture says that the whole town's kind of coming around him, getting real close. He's walking through town, and all of a sudden he stops. And he says, who touched me? And the disciples are like, Jesus, everybody's touching you. It's a huge crowd, and you're in the middle of it. Like, there's no social distancing going on here, Jesus. You know, everybody's touching you. And then he said, no, 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 who touched me? Here come a woman. A woman walked down, she bowed down, she said, I touched you. Twelve years I've been bleeding. Twelve years I've been sick. And in her desperation, and in her fight, she went through the crowd just to touch Jesus. And when she touched him, she was healed. And he said, you know what, your faith, your faith has healed you. Now, as he is finishing up this conversation with her, someone comes from the house of Jairus. Turn in your Bibles. We're going to look and pick up the story there. Turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. What I just told you was the end of Mark 4 and the beginning of Mark chapter 5. So this is Mark 35, and we're going to read uh, through uh, 43. Mark 5, 35. Here it says, while Jesus was still speaking, talking to the woman, he had just, you know, she touched him and healed him. While he was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid. Just believe. He did not let anyone follow except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and he went in where the child was. He took her by the hand. He said to her, Talitha kaum." Which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Man, do you, do you see what I'm talking about when I say Jesus ministered in chaos? I mean, you, do, do you understand? Do you see what I'm talking about? Like, I mean, I just... Just a, a short little chapter in the Bible. He's, he's like having to tell his best friends and his disciples, hey, chill out. Where's your faith? Where's your, why, are you, why are you doubting? And then, and then right after that, he, man, he's got a crazy man. He throws around these demons and tosses them to the hogs. And then a whole community of people says, please leave. And then I got a, a whole community swarms him, and there's two or three people bowing down. 
He was constantly dealing with all kinds of people going through all kinds of things. It, especially the Gospel of Mark. Read it. It was like he'd do something and all of a sudden he'd turn around he's doing something else. And it, it was constantly different people going through all kinds of different things, both good and bad. I read this story not long ago. And there were a few little words that just I, I couldn't get away from. I couldn't escape a part of the story. And I just... I, I could not, I couldn't leave it. Go and look in verse 36. Jesus is talking to the, to the woman. And they come and they tell him that his daughter's died. And he says this. He says, do not be afraid. Just believe. Do not be afraid. Just believe. Now we know that he went and healed this young girl. We know that Jesus went and did that. But, but I wonder why he used those words. Why did he say, do not be afraid, just believe. Why didn't he say, look, she, it's no problem, I'm going to go heal her, it's no deal, you're good. Why, did, why, didn't, he, why didn't he say, hey, she's asleep, I'm going to wake her up. Why, why did he use these words, do not be afraid, just believe. And as I, as, as I prayed through that, I'm like, God, what, there, this, what, God, what, what is the deal with this? What, do not be afraid, just believe. And then it hit me, I've seen that before. Like, where, where have I seen those exact words? Like, where I've seen this before. Where, where have I seen this? I grab my Bible and I start looking and I'm researching. I'm like, where have I seen that? Do not be afraid, just believe. And I was reminded, Moses, when he went to get the Ten Commandments, remember there was like this uh, crazy moment on the mountain? There was thunder, there was lightning, there was a trumpet, there was smoke. There was all this stuff, and he comes down off the mountain, and the people are terrified. And Moses said this in Exodus 20, 20, do not be afraid. He says, God's allowing this to happen so you'll stay close to him. There it is. That's where I've seen that before. That's right, with Moses. Hang on a second. But also, I, I think he told that to Joshua. Joshua is starting something new. It's time for Joshua to take God's people into God's land and start something completely new. Hang on. Joshua. Yeah, the speech he gave to Joshua. Joshua, it's your turn. Time to step it up, big boy. Let's go. Joshua 1.9. Here are the words he gave to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Your Lord God will be with you wherever you go. It's the same words. Do not fear. Just trust and believe. Well, how about David? When David was coming to the end of his life, He's passing on this leadership torch to his son. And so he, he sets his son to the side and, and he gives him this speech. One of the final things he says to his son, listen to what he says. 1 Chronicles 28, 20. Be strong and courageous. Do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged. God is with you. How about Isaiah? God was talking through Isaiah to his struggling people. And what did he say to Isaiah? Isaiah 41, 10. Said this. Um, I am with you. Uh, fear not. I am with you. I will strengthen you. I will hold you up with my righteous right hand. I will hold you up. You know what? I, I, I got to thinking, it's all over the Old Testament. It's everywhere. It's all throughout the Old Testament. God tells his people, do not be afraid. Just believe. And then you come up to the teachings of Christ. And I, look, I, I, we've talked about maybe two chapters today. Remember? Remember when he asked the disciples? When he calmed the storm, they're freaking out. What did he say? He said, why are you fearing? Where's your faith? 
they come to this man. They say, your daughter has passed. He looked at the man and he said, what? He said, do not be afraid. Just believe. How about a chapter after this? In, Matthew, I mean in Mark chapter 6, guess where the disciples are at again? They're in a boat. And it's nighttime. And I, I, you just got to, look, there's no cell phones. There's no flashlights. There's no bright lights from the city. I mean, it's pitch dark, okay? So let's give them the benefit of the doubt. But Jesus comes walking to them on the water at night. And their response was what? Terrified. Okay? Jesus steps in the boat, and guess what he says? Guess what he says? Anybody. That is correct. Do not be afraid. Just believe. It's all throughout Scripture. It's all in the Old Testament. It's all in the teachings of Christ. You see, the reason Jesus used this Phrase. The reason why he used this phrase is because it's the phrase God has been using from the beginning. This is the phrase that God has been telling people from the beginning of the book, the beginning of creation. This is what God has been telling people. Why? Because it's the heart of God. It's the heart of God. He wants us trusting and leaning on him in that relationship. And the cool part is that people were at different places in life, going through different things, but the message was the same. Do not be afraid. Just trust. To those who were starting a new adventure, don't be afraid. Just trust. To those in absolute chaos and desperation, do not be afraid. Just trust. And the same is true for us today. Regardless of what we are currently going through, whether it's new beginnings like a lot of these seniors or, or, or we're terrified because of our current uh, worldly crisis, uh, Jesus says this. He says, do not be afraid, just believe. Do not be afraid, just believe. The message that God has told the people from the beginning is a message that each one of us have to, to not just hear, but we have to know and we have to live out. You see, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. He says, you are the light of the world. He says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Hey, you are the light of the world. And let me tell you what the light of the world doesn't look like. The light of the world doesn't look like the rest of the world. The light of the world doesn't look like darkness. And until we're able to take God at his word and truly not be afraid and truly believe, we won't be doing what God has called us to do. Before we go any further, let's break down this verse. Let's go and look at the actual words in this scripture. I think you read through it and you're like, Jared, seriously, that's like it? Don't be afraid. You know, trust and believe? Okay, good. No, uh, uh, this is the heart of God. Let's dive into it. This is what Christ said over and over and over. Let's dive into it. First thing we got to understand and we got to see is this. This sentence was an imperative. It wasn't a, do not be afraid. Just believe, period. No, it was exclamation point. It was a command. It was imperative. It was a command. It was not a suggestion or a cute slogan. It was a command of Jesus to not be afraid, but to believe. You know, I, I, I think so often we see scriptures all over the place. We may see them hanging on our, our, our mantles, or we may see them in all these restaurants. We see them, and we kind of forget these are the words of Jesus. These are the words, the powerful words of Christ. This was not a suggestion. 
This was a command of Christ. Do not be afraid. Believe. Trust. Look at that word. Let's look at the first word in the sentence. First, first word here is, is, is uh, phobio. For afraid, the word is phobia. It's where we get the English word phobia. You know, to be, to be scared. Uh, terrified or to put on flight. The word used in this sentence right here, this, this word used right here, meant to be struck with fear, seized with alarm. There was a, it was like an idea, Jesus, the, the, the way that he used the word right here is like an idea that if you react in fear or you react in, uh, by being terrified, it's going to keep you from doing what you're supposed to do. It's going to hold you down. It's going to change the projection of your life. If you don't, uh, if you fear, you're not going to take the next steps that you need to take in order to follow me. Next word in the sentence. Well, let me, let me touch on fear for a minute. You know the problem with fear? It's focus. Fear is a result of our focus. We fear because we're looking at a problem or an issue and not Jesus. We, we fear because we're looking at my abilities or my opportunities and not Jesus. We fear because we don't think that, that God can work it out or we don't think that God will work it out based on the way I want him to work it out. And so over and over and over again, God says, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. Let's look at the next word in that phrase. It says, don't be afraid, just believe. Now we can skip over that just word real quick like it's not a big deal. No, it is a big deal. Let me tell you what that just word means. It means only. Jesus wasn't saying, hey, don't, don't be afraid, just believe. No, he said this. Do not be locked down in this fear. Only believe. Not try all this stuff and do all this other stuff. No, the only thing you need to do is believe. The only action in which that man was called to in that sentence was belief. That was it. Hey, go do this and go do that. Hey, work your magic. Hey, do whatever you want to do. Hey, No, he said the just believe, only believe. The only thing I want you to do right now is believe. That's it. And let's look at the word for belief in that sentence. The last part of the sentence is believe. It's a, it's a Greek word that entrust or put faith in. The word is used in present tense. So in reality, it means keep on believing or keep on trusting. It's a present tense, meaning he didn't say, hey, I need for you to believe. Okay, you believe, good job, you're done. No, he said, you've got to keep on believing, keep on trusting. So when you really take that, 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 that scripture and you really break it down, he says, do not you know, be stuck in this fear so that you're not able to move. Do not be afraid. Do not be terrified because that's going to keep you from doing what I want you to do. Only keep on trusting. Only keep on believing. That's the only thing you have to do. The word for, for, for trusting, used the root word, is used 244 times in the New Testament. 244 times. Jesus, the disciples, James, Peter, Paul, Jude, all of them use that word. It was so important, that word belief or keep on believing, trusting, keep on trusting. It was so important because it's the centerpiece of who we are. It's the centerpiece of who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. We are people who 
are continually trusting Christ as Lord and Savior. We are people who are continually believing that Jesus is Lord. He is my Master. He is my Savior. We are people who are continually believing and trusting that He is who He says He is. We are people who are continually to place our faith on the Word of God regardless of what's going on around us. We are continuing to seek His face. That's why that word is used so much in the New Testament. That's why that word is so important. So Jesus in this verse says, don't get stuck with fear. Only keep on trusting. Only keep believing. Continually to put your faith. Now, you know, we, we, one of the things we like to do is, is when a situation comes up, we like to find the best in that area and we like to go get help from them, Right? Uh, your financial trouble, you want to find somebody with, a, with some money, or you want to find a bank, or, you know, you're, you're sick, you're not feeling well, what are you going to do? You're going to go find the best doctor, you've come down with a certain sickness, you're going to go find a certain doctor, we, we want to find the specialist, we want to find the superior one in that area. Listen to me, Jesus gives us reasons to live out what he's calling us to do. I, I, I want to remind us of three Real quick, three reminders of, of, of we can trust Jesus in this. When he tells us, do not be afraid, keep on trusting, only believing. I, I want to remind us three reasons why Jesus can make that claim. I want to give us three reasons why we can, we, can, we can know that, yeah, all right, I can do that. I should live that way. Number one is this. He holds all, a part, all power and authority over everything. He holds all authority and power over everything. The last face-to-face conversation that Jesus had with his disciples is known as the Great Commission. It's face-to-face. He's telling them the final things. And here he comes to his disciples and he says this, word for word, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's Matthew 28, 18. Let me tell you something. We can take Jesus at his word. We can trust and obey him. We can not fear. Why? Because He is supreme king over everything. There is no force. There is no power that comes close to Jesus. There's nothing that comes close to Jesus Christ. Power and authority. He is power and authority over everything. Let me read you a verse out of Galatians. This is Galatians 4, 4 through 7. Y'all listening to this. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent his spirit to his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. You are, not, you are no longer a slave but a son, and since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Here we have Jesus, who sits supreme king over Every single thing. And he says, you know what? I draw near so that you can call me dad. He said, Galatians says that Jesus did all the work so that we can call him Abba. He says, I've adopted you into my family. You're a son, you're a daughter. Yes, I'm supreme king, but I've adopted you. Now you're my son, you're my daughter. And guess what? You can call me dad. He says, we cry out, Abba, Father. The word Abba means dad. It's an intimate relationship. So the supreme king rules over everything, and yet we get to call him dad. He draws near. That's the first 
reminder today that we, we can and we should be obedient to Christ as he calls us to live without fear and keep on trusting, keep on believing. The second thing I want to remind us about today is this. He promises to be near. He promises to remain near. Jesus says multiple times in, in Scripture, in multiple different places, he will be near. Go back to that last face-to-face meeting with the disciples right before he ascended into heaven. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission, the last part of that verse, he says this. He says, I will be with you always. I will be with you always. Jesus says if, if we are his, his follower, if we are his child, he's going to be with us. We're never alone. We're never forsaken. You know, that's one of the, the biggest traps and the biggest uh, attempts of Satan. That's one of his biggest strategies. Let me get you off by yourself. Kind of like, you know, how some of these wild animals do it, in the, you know, out in, out in the desert. You know what? They'll run right through a, a herd. Whether it be a lion or, or something like that, they'll run right through a herd, and then the herd splits. And then they'll run through this little group, and then they run again, and so eventually they get what? They get one little old deer all by itself, and then it's over. That's the strategy of Satan. He wants us to think we're alone. He wants us to feel we're alone. Jesus says, you're never alone. If you're a follower of me, you're never alone. You should never have feelings of of being alone because you're never alone is what Christ said. I'm with you. But that's a big temptation of Satan to think that we're alone, to think that we don't have each other and to think that he's not near. He's supreme king, yet father. He's always near. Third thing I want to remind us about today is this. He commissioned us to go. He commissioned us to go. I've I've never served in the military, but my understanding is when you join the military, one of the first things they do is they get you to to boot camp and they start breaking you down. They start taking out your thoughts and your feelings. And then they start putting in what they want you to believe and think and feel and know. And they rebuild you into what they want. And then guess what? You just obey your authority. You just obey authority. The boss. You just obey whoever's over you. And then when you go to war or you go to drill, whatever, if he says do it, you do it. And the king of all kings, the lord of all lords, has commissioned us. He says, I got a plan for you, and I got a plan for you, and I got a plan for you. I got a plan for you. He's commissioned us. He says, I've given you all you need. Now I want you to go. He says, go make disciples. He says, go be light of the world. He says, go share my love. Go show my hope. He says, go light it up. He's commissioned us to go. You and I have been commissioned by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Listen, I, I, don't, I don't know uh, where you're at today or what you're going through. But I do know the world you're living in. And it's crazy. And, and if you think it's going to get better... You're not reading the right book. The world we're living in is not going to get any better. How do I know? Because God says so. We can't go in the world and find peace. We can't go over here and find hope. We can't find purpose anywhere else. Christ says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Just keep believing. Do not be afraid. Just keep believing. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're going through. But I know the world you're living in. And I know the message that Christ has for you. And he says this. 
Do not be afraid. Keep on believing. Do not be afraid. Keep on believing. Only believe. So listen, you're here today and you're starting a new adventure. You're like a senior and you've got some new things going on in your life. You're beginning a new chapter. Here's God's message for you. You ready? Do not be afraid. Just keep believing. Or maybe you're here today and you're like, you know what? I look over here and it's sickness. I look over here and it's riots. I look over here and it's hatred. I look over here and you're, you're just totally consumed and struggling with all these multiple issues, whatever they may be. And there's a message for you this morning. Do not be afraid. Keep on believing. Or maybe you're here today and you're like, man, life is good. Man, I, I'm growing in Christ. My family's growing in Christ. I'm serving the Lord. You know, I'm, I, I, I trip and fall. I struggle with it. But life is good. Listen, there's a message for you this morning. Do not be afraid. Just believe. Keep believing. Or maybe you're here this morning and you're like, you know what? I'm a little religious, but I don't, I don't do this whole Jesus thing. I, I've never placed my faith in Christ. I've never really trusted him. I don't want to get too spiritual or too religious. Good. Jesus is not interested in that. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ to be your Lord and Savior, there's a message for you. And the message is this. Do not be afraid. Just keep on believing. You see, Jesus, he left a perfect seat. He came to earth. He lived a perfect life. And then he died on the cross as a sacrifice for your sins and for my sins. Three days later, God raised him from the dead. And he ascended into heaven today. He says, I'm king of kings and I'm lord of lords. And I want to be your father. I want to be your dad. And it's not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late for you to get up every morning and have hope. You to get up every morning and have peace. You to get up every morning and have joy. 